0: Welcome to the
1: Develop in the Dark podcast, brought to you by New Spring Church. We'll prepare you with biblical truths to help you meet the demands of your reality.
0: Well, this is episode 10 and a half. We realized after recording the last episode that we had a little bit more content that we wanted to get to. We left a little bit on the table. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the implications of the resurrection. And We hope you really enjoy this episode as you develop in the dark. All right, Brad, last time we talked about the gospel and we realized we didn't quite get finished with our conversation. There's just so much to talk about.
1: Well, we talked about a lot of great stuff, but we needed a part two to this. We
0: need a part two.
1: That it would, to be honest, it would be just wrong. Short changed. Well, I mean, because the gospel is so much more powerful than I think we give it credit for. That's right. So we're going to come back around the idea today of what else did the gospel inaugurate?
0: That's right. Is that a good word? well we're we're still not going to be able to get to the depths of these fifty reasons, so that book is still going to be a great resource for you, but we want to focus a little bit more attention uh, for the next few minutes on the resurrection, the implications of the resurrection. And I would commend if you really want to do a massive deep dive now I'll tell you this is a nine hundred page book Ruh-ruh. It's a what you would call a tomb, right? I mean, it's a huge Volume, But N.T. Wright has done really the definitive work on all the implications of the resurrection, the proof of the resurrection, all of the, the documentation, the sources, all of the things. It's called the resurrection of the Son of God. You ought, to, you ought to grab that.
1: I just love that the two guys that we are dropping footnotes in are Dr. Piper and Dr. Wright. And, man, yeah. they've, they've got some beautiful things that hold hands and well, some things that uh, right, that don't.
0: That don't. That's right. They don't agree about everything. The other thing that we are talking a lot about is bringing the gospel into the center of ourselves. And who does that sound like? Tim Keller. Mm. And, uh, man, we just both are big fans of, of Dr. Keller and, and his life and ministry. Yeah.
1: So today— As we think about it, last time we really thought a lot about the cross, if we're being honest. We talked about the blood we got around the cross. Now we're going to really come around the empty tomb.
0: That's right. And
1: if you're thinking about the gospel in really distilled down space, you're thinking about a cross and you're thinking about an empty tomb. That's right. You're thinking about the death, burial, and now resurrection. So Mm -hmm. what are those implications? I mean, he's alive. All the things that
0: he did— in the crucifixion are proved and vindicated in the cross. Mm. So he's paying for sin, he's defeating death, he's doing all that. But the resurrection proves that all that worked, that he actually overcame death, that he actually overcame the power of sin and death, is is vindicated by the resurrection. And one of the things that that I love to talk about uh, with the resurrection is not just the empty tomb as evidence, but the fact that, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, was witnessed by so many people. Wow. Now, you could fake an empty tomb. You could steal the body. You could move the body somewhere else. But here we have over 500 people witnessing the resurrected Jesus. And so there's so much credibility there, so much provability uh, in that story, but we're we're really not going down an apologetics trail today. We're talking about the implications to our own personal everyday relationship, the implications to our soul uh, that that come out of of the resurrection. So the first thing that I would just throw at you, Brad, is this pain that we're going through right now. Uh, there's everybody's in some sort of pain, or if you're not in pain, you you can remember pain, or you can see a moment ahead where there's going to be grief or loss in your. Future. And what is the implication of the resurrection towards suffering, toward pain that we're going through right here in this moment? Yeah,
1: what comes to mind is what Paul says Oh, death, where is your victory and your sting, right? And so it's being removed now because Christ has defeated it and is now making all of those things undone. Mm. And so, though we feel pain, though we're in a season of grief, we look forward to a reality that those things are getting less and less in the earth and that instead, because of the resurrection, there is a brighter and brighter reality of a new creation, mm. and we look forward ultimately to a new heaven and new earth where one of the ways that it's described is that we have a Savior there who wipes away the tears, mm. who removes pain and suffering, who removes grief because he's removed death mm. altogether. Mm. And so this, this is the hope of the gospel of life when you've taken Christ into your center you look forward to
0: that that's right when you consider that what Jesus has done in his death and resurrection is he has provided the solution to the problem of evil and suffering in the world so so many people have trouble you know why why are these bad things happening why Jesus is the solution to the problem of evil and suffering in the world so in his resurrection we see in him life and it's imperishable life. It'll it's life that will never fade. It's a it's an inheritance that will never be spoiled. And he is just what's called the first fruit from among the dead. So he's the first one of his kind. I love to think about it this way. There are other resurrections in scripture. Lazarus resurrected from the dead, Jarius's daughter, I mean there's old testament resurrections, but those people resurrected to their old body. Uh, or their old kind of body. Jesus resurrected, and his type of resurrection is to this imperishability. He's never going to fade, and that's what we have to look forward to in our resurrection.
1: Yeah, uh, you know what came to mind right there? This is a big shout-out, switchfoot. A new way to be human. Okay.
0: Okay. Now, <laughs> come we, on, somebody. We talk about music all the time. I'm not really up on my uh, well, Christian is, radio. This
1: is <laughs> where you and I, d- we just differed. We were in two different generations. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But Jesus, he defined a new way to be human. It's more like
0: Petra for me. And okay. All right, all right. You know right, what I mean? It, it, you and you were probably in yeah. middle school when Petra and Striper were I
1: had I had a cassette. <laughs> I, 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 I know guess, what those are. I know what those are. Way back in yeah, the 1900s, exactly. but yeah, Jesus was the firstborn from among the dead. Then that means there will be a secondborn and a thirdborn, and, and, and he I'm has one a, of those. and he You're has a, a new way to be human. He's mm-hmm. not resurrected to his old body. He's resurrected to a new, imperishable. I will live forever. Body. Here's the reality: in Christ, you and I are made of forever stuff, mm. and we're going to live forever in this new way to be human. And there's a new. Again, a new Eden that now we're called to cultivate in this new way to be human. Right. And so this is where kingdom theology comes in, and we, we're we called to now cultivate in this new way following mm. Christ. These are all the things that we have in the power of the
0: resurrection. Right, and so when you say kingdom theology, let's unpack that a little bit more. We're essentially talking about when Jesus comes in and says, if I'm who I say I am, then the kingdom has come, and the kingdom is in you. So wherever a Christ follower has submitted to the Lordship of Christ, that's where the kingdom is. Yeah. And so the kingdom moves at the speed of our evangelism. Is that the way you you see that? Typically I
1: say it is the kingdom of God moves at the speed of sacrifice. And sacrifice can be a thousand different ways. We could sacrifice by laying down life or serving someone or actually use our resources in a new kingdom way. Mm. And so if you think of the old adage of power or money, or even sexuality, right? Those are the Mm. big three. Uh, But if you use them with God at the center of your life, now they become fantastic tools and resources to bring forward a kingdom. I use Mm. my authority in a new way. I use my resources and stewarding it in a new way. Mm. I use my relationships in a new way, even my most intimate ones, as as I build this new kingdom. And so that's what God has done in Christ and he's invited us into. And just side note, I didn't think like this at all as a young man, Mm. And lots of people in Christianity today, this is why the gospel needs to be gripped and grabbed in a new way. It's not just the fact that we can now go to heaven one day. Mm. It's the fact that heaven is here today in us, Beautiful. and we are called to cultivate, to create this new dominion, this new kingdom. This mm. new, We are now ambassadors, is what Paul would call right. us, or citizens of a new place. And so we are here ushering in a new reality mm. and building it today. So this gives me a purpose in my job, a purpose Mm. in my parenting, a purpose in the way I live here and now, not just looking forward to something one day.
0: That's right. And, And that kind of reality now helps us understand this now, not yet reality. So when we do have pain and suffering, when we do have difficulty that Jesus is walking with us, we can rejoice. That's right. And that's one of the implications of the resurrection. Is There's a song. Right. We get an opportunity now. Philippians says, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. And then he talks about the, this peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards your hearts and minds. The idea that you and I in the most difficult... Paul is writing this in a jail cell. Yeah. Philippians he's, was written right. from a jail he's, cell. He's written, He's writing this in the worst... Case scenario, he's up to his, you know, his waist in mud and mire, probably chained to another person, and he's saying, Rejoice. Again, I say, Rejoice. Multiple examples in the New Testament of people in jail cells singing At their midnight. way. Right. So, how is that possible outside of the resurrection, of the hope that is provided in the resurrection, the eternal life that's possible? Yeah.
1: And, and you know what? You have seen this pastorally, right? I know I have. When you have someone who understands the gospel, they literally can walk through the most unbelievable scenarios, difficulty, cancer, Mm. loss, grief. But because they understand the gospel, the Lord does this exact thing. He sends peace Mm. that surpasses understanding. He sends joy. And this actually isn't apologetic to the world. They're going, mm-hmm. how are you operating? How are you still standing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can think of several scenarios, uh, widows that I know today mm-hmm. that were on the last, you know, iteration with husbands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just difficulty on difficulty, but their joy right. because they know that this isn't over.
0: And their joy is a is a kind of uh, experience that transcends the moment. It's beyond happiness, That's right? Absolutely It's beyond right. happiness. So... The resurrection doesn't mean that we're not going to grieve. We see that in the story of Lazarus. Uh, the sisters were grieving. Jesus wept. Jesus was grieving, and you would even say that he probably grieved better than anybody, right? What we're seeing, though, is that beyond happenings, beyond happiness, there's a deeper, richer reality that's possible through resurrection, you know, thinking about the resurrection, pulling that in to the center of yourself. I think the resurrection means that we're not going to miss out. So much of when I was growing up, now I don't think this is as much a narrative today, but when I was growing up, there was a huge narrative that to be a Christian meant I wasn't going to have fun. I was, I, you know Everything was I serious I think that's still a narrative You today. think that's Yeah, yeah man as, still a, as
1: a decade plus youth pastor I, I had lots of conversations With students Who were fearful Or they would actually Put off doing the right thing today Because they said Well I mean I can do that later mm. I'm only going to go to High school once College once Etc I'm going to miss out Sure and, and you know They've got an acronym For this these days It's the FOMO okay. You know So fear of missing out mm. And because we've got our eyes All over the universe With Instagram And TikTok And social media And so But here's the reality To the resurrection Because we're going to live forever, we're not going to miss out on a
0: thing. That's right. How many times have you seen a concert and you look out into the crowd at a concert and everyone is watching The concert through their telephone, yeah, because they're recording this because it's it's almost a human experience that if you see something special in the world, you want to capture it, hold on to it. In previous generations, you had stacks and stacks of photo albums. Now you have data, data on data that you'll never look at again, probably. But you're trying to capture something and hold on to it forever, and maybe even pass that on to somebody else. Yeah. The reality is, if you're going to live forever. You don't have to live through your phone.
1: And so you can be present where you are. exactly right. Present with your family, Mm -hmm. present for the moment. You can be literally where your feet are.
0: It it really means you don't have to rush. Yeah. Now, I was a little late this morning, so I I got here as quickly as I could. But I'm talking about a a lifetime full of I'm going to miss something if I'm not there. Yeah.
1: You don't have to look past the person you're talking to over their shoulder to see who's coming. Mm. So you might be ready to – no, no. Because of the resurrection, we're going to live forever. We can absolutely cultivate the presence of every moment.
0: Right. And you, you said a minute ago that the kingdom moves at the speed of sacrifice. If, if that's true and we're not going to miss out on anything, that means we can give and serve now and s- sacrifice self now and not miss out on anything. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's such a beautiful thing. Uh,
1: another one. This was probably super applicable, too. As a dad, I, I, you know my son actually jumps uh, into our bed last night. 145, had a bad dream. He's four, right? You know, one of the most tangible realities of our life is we're scared. Mm. We get scared. Where does that come from? Fear of the dark, fear of noises, fear of things under the bed. We, we might grow out of that to some degree, but at the end of the day, 365 times in the scripture, it says, fear not. How can we get to a reality of fearing not? Mm. Well, the resurrection makes us a fearless people. Mm. And Paul actually writes about this and says, man, if death and sin and all of that has been removed, then we can be a fearless people, and you and I, Christ follower, can go into places where everybody else is scared. I mean, we we were just actually talking about a story we were reading about the Titanic earlier today. Mm -hmm. And so you guys go and research this. It'll blow your mind. Pastor on the Titanic, Mm -hmm. he's there and the the boat is going down and he's preaching the gospel. And he's, he's, he's begging people to lean into and believe by faith in Jesus Christ. And he's saying out loud, hey, women, children, get on the life rafts. And, and the unsaved. But if you are a Christian, then we can go down with the ship. We mm. can make room for the unsaved, the women, and the children. Why? Because he was fearless.
0: Fearless. What a
1: fearless kind of approach. We've got a friend. I've got a buddy. He's a veteran. He was a veteran of the Six Days War in Israel. Mm. And he talks about how in the middle of bullets whizzing by him, he was Fearless. And it wasn't an arrogance. It's just he he was fearless. He knew the presence of God was with him, and he wasn't scared of eternity mm. because he knew who held his eternity. And mm. that's the kind of fearlessness that's on offer for those that believe the gospel and the resurrection.
0: Wow. And I wonder what it's like just very practically when a person has an overwhelming sense of fear. Maybe they're waking up in the morning. They've got something ahead of them. That's just an amazing challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's a we would look at that through etern- uh, you know, earthly eyes and go, that's a big deal. And that fear becomes, comes over them and begins to overwhelm, and then for just a, for a moment to sit and think on the, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and get centered in that moment on eternal things. That's right. Uh, what a beautiful thing. Well, that's called faith, right? And mm. that's
1: why it doesn't, it's not trite to say that we've got to replace our fear with faith. Mm. And that fear and faith both look at the future And look at them in different ways And when you feel fear Because it's a very human, real feeling We recognize that God has not given us a spirit of fear But he's given us a spirit of power Of love And a soundness of mind Mm. We can take a hold of that anxiety That fear Replace it in
0: faith in the future And step forward So good And we've already talked about the fact that we'll live forever And how we can't can't get our minds around what forever is going to be like I, I just can't Fathom that. Um, for some people, thinking about eternity or forever makes them a little nervous, fearful. Right? Yeah. You know what an amazing prospect. Now, one of the things I would bring up here is people get nervous about eternity and forever because they have a picture of sitting on a cloud somewhere. Yeah, and a wrong view. Right. Yeah. And and you know the reality is is we're going to get eternity to know and know God, mm. to, to love him more and more. And, you know, it's not going to be, I'm going to learn all the chess moves. I'm going to learn all the languages. I'm going to – because you're going to have eternity. You could do that. Um, and, and knowledge could run out. But – God who's infinite and transcendent, you're never going to run out of something new to learn about him for eternity. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about. Um, You know, as we, as we think about the resurrection, all things being made new. Now, as a believer, we've talked about this already as a believer, the kingdom of God has come to us and we are cultivating and trying to make kingdom where we go through, you know, the gospel, Um, But we have a reality in the resurrection and the promises made to us that all things will be made new. New heavens and new earth. Mm.
1: I mean, that's wild. It is. Like, I know we can just, again, categorically think, oh, that's Christianese. I've heard new heavens. But think about we don't know the end of the heavens. Mm. Scientists are discovering it's expanding every single moment. But all of that's going to be made new. And the earth, we don't know all of the earth. And it's all going to be made new, mm. and so and all of the bad things, difficult things, hurtful things, untrue things, painful things—they're all going to be made new too. I just have this image specifically when I think about this, Trev. Of I don't know why, but just an image of all of the atrocities of World War II, mm. and the fact that all of those that were abused, that were that were just again killed—they're going to be given new resurrection life and made new, and that victory and that worship and that praise to the God who does it is going to fuel me mm. to sing that much more, to worship mm. that much more. And it's, it's all going to be made new. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's what I really think about specifically when I think about the reality of being made and, new.
0: And the reality of that is we can see the kingdom breaking in now. Mm. I'm fascinated by John 11. I know we've talked about Lazarus already, but you know, Jesus is coming and he's, he's saying that the resurrection is not just an event It's a person. It's him. I am the resurrection and the life. So wherever I'm going, I'm bringing life with me, and that's exactly what happens with Lazarus is you see for a moment the kingdom breaking in. When we are in a service and we see someone come to know Christ or someone comes down and they have an ailment they're prayed for and they see healing, we're seeing the kingdom of God break in for a moment. When you get glimpses of that kind of glory in your life, you get those little moments where you're seeing the kingdom break in. It produces in us a sense of awe and wonder. Yes, but faith to carry That's on. Exactly right. And to see what's on, you know, man, if we could just see eternity, what would our what would now be like? If we could just, you know, have a glimpse of what eternity is going to be like, imagine how that would affect your everyday relationship with. Yeah, the Lord.
1: so let's take that right now. A hundred years from now, we're all going to be in eternity. That's just true. Mm. So if 100 year old version of you could talk to you today about the reality of that heaven what would he or she tell you to be doing mm. You want to talk about prioritization mm. you'd be focusing on things differently you'd be asking questions like what are the things that I need to be becoming
0: mm.
1: What are the things that I need to go That's not helpful That's not going to be helpful What are the things I need to put my hands to or what are the motivations to go back to the job that I go to every single day, how are they going to shift mm. because of the reality of the kingdom? You start living like that, then now you're living in the presence of the Lord, and you're mm. you are present in everything you do, and you're so going to create good. things, as Paul would write, that are not wood, hay, and stubble, but rather that are valuable jewels that we're going to get to experience and see in the future kingdom.
0: That's so good. Well, as we close up our time, the the thing that I just want to to make sure that we all get the gospel, meditating on the gospel, pulling the gospel into ourselves. There's so many benefits of the gospel. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. The thing that you get most with the gospel is you get Jesus. Yeah, he uh, he is the best of all of his gifts, the greatest
1: of all his gifts.
0: So at the centerpiece of all of this is yes, you get eternal life. Yes, you you get blessings, and you know you rule and reign with Christ and all of that. But the thing that's at the centerpiece of the gospel is the person of Jesus Christ himself. He is the king of kings. He's the one that we get to worship.
1: This is Romans 1. Mm. So this is why we've got to be very careful not to worship created things Mm. that he gives us rather than the creator, capital C, creator. But let's instead pull him to the center, like you've said. Mm. And then all of the sudden, all the created gifts take on new purpose and meaning and value because they help us cultivate the king's dominion, the kingdom mm. of God. And, uh, and it gives us purpose in life.
0: That's it. As you think about the gospels, you're pulling this into the center of who you are. We pray too that it's going to create some urgency in you to share the gospel with other people and to be the kind of person that lives as a light in our world. So that's all the time we have right now, uh, Brad, for developing the Dark. And uh, we're, we're just praying for you as you continue in your journey every day with the Lord.
1: We love you guys. Thanks for listening to this extended edition that's of right. uh, part two in Beautiful. this area. Thanks for listening to Develop in the Dark. We hope that today's episode will help the light in you shine brighter than the light on you.